0: okay so i'm going to give you as a prompt for a discussion perhaps a mirror a tightrope and an inkblot <laughs> uh, what does that mean well before i get to either any of those just one slide on last work, the last workshop um, and how what we're doing maybe today fits into that a little bit a lot of the discussion at least what i took from the previous workshops discussion was not so much about what creativity is, but how creativity might slot into the structure of the university. And uh, one thing, one picture that I took away from that um, was just that there are these different dimensions of creativity um, that we're interested in, and we're interested in how they interact. And um, each of those areas of interest have different aspects. Uh, Maybe there are uh, two... um, bipolar dimensions that are of interest. That is, um, you can have, uh, um, you can talk about, say, researching creativity or practice, creative practice, and that can have two dimensions. It could be about research at Sussex, or it could be about research outside of Sussex and Sussex helping that, (coughs) assisting that, or fostering that. Or same with practice, art, uh, performance in the university, or collaboration or assistance with. Um, uh, practicing creative people outside the university and same for the other aspects of creativity but then also there's a different dimension which is whether or not the aspects of creativity um, we're talking about whether that's a reflexive enterprise or a transit enterprise what I mean by that well whether or not it's research into say how we can do how we can make our own research more creative or whether it's research into technologies that can make someone else creative or whether we're interested in teaching creative techniques to people to students say or whether we're interested in teaching facts about say how the brain fosters creativity um, Or in the case of innovation are we interested in coming up with different techniques creative techniques for innovation or are we inter- interested in innovating some um, Products or uh, some uh, outputs that will help uh, somebody do something else so uh, there, there are these different dimensions, but I want to that, that, as I said, pretty much assumed that we knew what creativity was. And uh, instead I'd like to move t- more towards the question at hand, which is, you know, what, what do we mean by this? And okay, let's get to the, the mirror then. The mirror is a funhouse mirror. The idea is I'm going to present kind of my very quick recap of what I think some of the important points of what people have said so far um, are. And it will probably be a distortion. <laughs> and um, it's, I'll attach names to the different themes that came out, but they're, they're, they're probably more than one name attaches. And, and of course, each person said a lot more than that. So it's a very, very distorted relationship. But I think that can be a creative activity, is to, to look at something through some kind of distorting transformation and, and then rethink about it once once seen it in a different, different light. So uh, here are some things that came out of today for me based mainly on abstracts, but also on talks as well. Um, We've clearly, um, this is, I mean, Maggie just states that uh, she sees um, creativity as the ability to produce ideas that are new, surprising, (laughs) and valuable. And I would just say, um, this is the only uh, kind of side comment I'll make like this, I think, but I'll just say, um, we might wonder whether it has to be ideas, for instance, it could be just um, products, other kinds of output, it might not be ideas um, that are, that's uh, thats the object of creativity, but it's a kind of uh, a quibble. Um, Celia, we've heard, you know, we saw this a couple of times, um, <coughs> the idea of inner freedom to play to a purpose, um, I'm just, I guess I'm just assuming you have a short attention span and you need to be reminded of that, of course, you remember that, but I just thought it might be nice to see all the summaries up here at once. Um, from Julia, the idea I took from that was that um, it's the one important aspect of creativity is harnessing innovation to make it applicable, to make it useful um, for some purpose, um, not just innovation for its own sake all the time, but innovation for use. And from Ben, uh, the environment is important and can affect uh, foster foster, or not foster creativity, depending on the environment. And what can we do about that? Um, in particular, the knowledge environment, um, how can that be uh, facilitated? Uh, with uh, Kim also building on this idea of uh, that, that creativity is an inner freedom, um, how can we transcend the constraints that are imposed by our own language? Is that possible? How, what are the ways we can do that? And would that lead to creativity? And from Justine, um, if creativity is conceptual development, then And she's, in particular, interested in looking at uh, alternative methodologies and inference methods for solving problems, very particular problems, um, from her experience. Okay, so that's just a recap. Now, what what about this? What's the tightrope? Well, the tightrope is, I think, that we can, at least my reaction to all of that, is that um, we can think of creativity as some type of balancing act, some type of salutary opposition between holding at bay two extremes and finding this kind of Aristotelian golden mean in between these two um, oppositions, and I'm going to give some examples of that that come out of the discussion or at least the presentations um, from today. So um, what are some of these dimensions that we're trying to balance in order to be creative? Well, I think we saw a, a tension between self and the environment, between the intuitive and the conceptual, between blue sky and applied, between the novel and the familiar, and between chaos and order and I was particularly pleased to hear chaos coming up in the discussion uh, near the end there um, uh, so what do I mean by each of these what did I get oh sorry one more one that didn't come out of today but I thought I'd <laughs> add just as a I think there's a, um, a, te- a creative creativity can come out of it the balancing between the tensions of disconnection and engagement okay so how did these come out of uh, today's uh, talks for me well um, <coughs> freedom seems to be important, independence from the environment to some, some sense, you can't really be creative if you're determined entirely by your environment, so there has to be some freedom, um, and um, yet there has to be an understanding of how you are partially determined by your environment, how the envir- some f- environments facilitate creativity better better than others, so understanding this balance between... Um, being determined by your environment but also being independent of it is I think is a theme that's going to be is, is common to all basically all these distinctions probably boil down to the same distinction but they're different aspects of it um, so that was one way uh, you know the, the environment shouldn't determine your behavior but then again it shouldn't be completely independent of the environment um, and especially once you acknowledge that the environment as I think Mark, uh, Ben did um, the environment includes other people, uh, very importantly. So I think that's it's natural to see the environment as being important, but also there's an opposition between the intuitive and the conceptual. Um, so there's, I think, I, I share this, uh, you know, idea that uh, creativity involves some ability, and it comes out of um, Maggie's work as well. That creativity involves some as- uh, ability to transcend the limitations of. A conceptual scheme of your language, say. But on the other hand, um, there's also the point that those new regimes that you break into will themselves have some kind of normal conceptual structure, otherwise it's it's just, um, you know, it's just a ki- a new kind of randomness. It's a, it's a new kind, it's chaos without any um, uh, value added order so it's a, I guess this is. A, I mentioned Aristotle already, but for philosophers' story, I guess this is a Kantian point that um, you you can't you know just un unconceptualized uh, intuition really doesn't get you anywhere. But then again, uh, concepts that aren't uh, uh, don't get any input from your intuitions uh, turn out to be um, empty and, and meaningless as well. So there's some virtuous interplay between our conceptualized view of the world and our ability to violate that and maybe force a new conceptualization. So it isn't that the conceptualization is bad, it's that any particular, an, a fundamentalist ideological um, allegiance to any one particular conceptualization, that is the enemy of creativity, I would say. It's always being open to a new conceptualization that's prompted by your experience, say. Um, another d- balancing act, I think, is between, um, unfettered blue sky creative activities and the idea that we want, often want, creative activities to be for a purpose, and I think the idea that, um, the, the, the former is easy to motivate, I think, we, we think of, you know, we want to allow the creative process to lead us wherever it's going to lead us, but nevertheless, we want to think of creativity as being for a purpose. It's being directed as being harnessable in some ways, being somehow applicable. So we want to to walk this tightrope between <coughs> allowing the process to go where it may, and yet we, there seems to be some, there has to be some boundary, some constraint as well on what kind of uh, things are going to be, um, what's going to count as a valuable output, um, and. Chaos was mentioned, James brought that up, and there was some discussion about that. Um, random, uh, randomness is one way to achieve novelty, but as uh, Maggie points out, that's not necessarily going to give you the kind of novelty that we're really, that we're really interested in. Um, we want something of value, so the idea is uh, that there must be some balancing act between the extremes of random chaos, things we can't understand, and order what's easily understood, what's simple. And um, I think this kind of uh, balance has been captured. Peter's actually got an, a way of, I think, capturing the same, well, this, this something related to this point. He calls this ordered entropy, where entropy is a technical notion. Well, it's, it's actually a measure of the disorder in a system. So it's, I think, by well, Peter and I, and when I talk about seeking the subjective edge of chaos, we're trying to talk about maintaining this, uh, Tightrope walk between uh, the extremes of disorder, unintelligibility, meaningfulness, which is novel often, but y- you don't want novelty that's meaningless, and yet you don't want the um, un- the intelligible and that is old and not innovative and not novel. You want something that has the best of both worlds. You want this to walk this uh, tightrope between the two. So what I mean by subjective edge of chaos, I just mean you want to seek the things. I'm not sure which side of this edge you want <laughs> to be. Peter and I had a little discussion during one of the breaks about that. But the uh, the edge of chaos is the place where you can where what you're producing or trying to understand just about outstrips your abilities to understand it, but not quite. And the subjective edge of chaos means it's your ability to understand it um, that is just um om- it's it's challenged to this breaking point, but not qu- doesn't quite break. <coughs> or, for Peter, maybe it just does break. <laughs> um, but uh, we can quibble about that uh, as well. But the idea is that it will always be changing. Because as you change, as you learn, uh, what challenges you uh, changes as well. And um, that requires a different way of thinking about uh, these issues, especially in the context of uh, teaching and learning, perhaps. Uh, anyway, the last point, the last uh, dim way of look, last dimension of tension uh, is between disconnection and engagement. Brian Catwell Smith um, has tried to view intentionality. That's a technical philosophical term that basically means aboutness. <coughs> um, things are about something else if um, the relationship between the thing and the thing it's about is in, this mi- is in the middle distance, um, the middle distance between complete engagement and complete disconnection. Um, So you have partial disconnection, you'll only be about something if you are engaged with it in some way but not too engaged with it. Um, This is true not only in philosophical theories about what intentionality is but it's true in art and it's true even in personal relationships. um, you know, how can I miss you if you won't go away is, uh, is the way of summarizing this in personal relationships. Um, um, <laughs> you can't really have a close relationship with someone if they're always there, but you can't have a relationship with them if they're never there. But um, now you could interpret some of what Celia is talking about is that this is the case for creativity as well. Um, you have to have some disengagement from the self. You can't have total disengagement from the self. What would that mean? But you want some disengagement. A partial disconnection from the self in order to be able to get a creative grip on on what you, who you are, what you are in order to um, produce some creative um, writing, uh, but I think that 's not just about writing i think it's, it, there's, I think it 's a general point about creativity um, that 's an idea now here's so that that 's been the tightrope in the mirror, but now the ink block. Um you can do well people are good at taking patterns and finding structure and meaning and something in them and um, so I'd like you to do what I've just done which is uh, take today as a pattern as an inkblot and use your creative faculties and tell us what order you see what patterns you see what what ideas of creativity do you see emerging from uh, what you've been presented today so thanks